Hello, and welcome to the Smart Karma Podcast, where every week we share a discussion from our webinar Wednesdays. This is when we sit down with Smart Karma Insight Providers and selected experts from around the world to break down the key topics you care about in Asia's markets. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, and so on. When you find the podcast, click subscribe, and you'll get each new episode as it's released. Let's go to today's discussion. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our webinar Wednesday. I'm Michael Tegos, and I'll be your host today. As we dive deep into India's logistics sector to take a detailed look at this very dynamic market. For this, I'm very lucky to be joined by two insight providers who tackled this very topic in a recent Smart Karma original insight. Nitin Mangal is a research analyst with more than 10 years of experience in Indian equities specializing in corporate governance and accounting research in the Indian market. Nitin, welcome to the webinar. Thanks, Michael. Thanks. Thank you very much. And Pranav Bhavsar focuses on research on consumer themes and companies operating in India or global companies that have significant exposure to the Indian economy. Pranav, welcome as well. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for having me here as well. Gentlemen, please uh, get us started. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Michael. So, Indian logistics segment is having a market size of over 20, 20 trillion INR. And this particular segment uh, is expected to grow with the 12% CAGR in the next four to five years. Now, if you look at the Indian logistics seg segment, it is highly unorganized seg segment, whereby most of the surface and road transport is being run by the local transporters or the small time operators. Uh, the second highest uh, contribution comes from the warehousing, which is around 25%, and remains from the freight and forwarding and the airspace. Now, uh, government of India has come up with a lot of policies to give a boost to this sector. They are setting up new logistic division. They, they have started with the multi-model logistic park policy and uh, during dedicated freight corridors going forward. Now, what happens in last two to last two three years? The sector was expected to grow tremendously because of the implementation of GST. There was a expectation that after GST, uh, the free flow of goods will be there and there will be a shift from unorganized sector to uh, organized sector. But the government has not implemented the policy properly and frequent changes in the policy led to the failure or you know, the sector has not witnessed to see the growth what is expected. Now during this year, the GEO has launched the come up with the plan of the retails and GEO has demonstrated well in the telecom industry with the size of the growth and the market disruption what they have caused. Now, with the size of investment and the GEO has received for the retail from a lot of murky investors globally, it is expected that this sector is again going to see a new fresh hope of life for the next uh, couple of years. Now what we expect is that uh, as we have seen in the geo and telecom industry as well that overall arpu has not increased for the telecom industry same way what we expect is that uh, this sector is not going to see increase in revenue per user but the penetration level will increase and like the users of the uh, internet has gone the data user has gone up from minuscule level to around 11 gb so same way this, this is going to help the sector in e-com logistics sector so now i guess Tano will take on for the e-com logistics yeah, thank you. So, as uh, mentioned, 
uh, if you look there are a lot lot of in terms of industry 77% of the indian express industry is domestic of which surface is around 71% and if you look at the b2b market it is primarily driven by auto and textiles and the b2c market is predominantly driven by e-commerce in terms of value around 43% is captured by line haul and 47% is captured by last mile delivery providers implying players present in these segments are likely to be the major beneficiaries of the e-commerce boom if we talk about uh, some of the key players in the indian logistics uh, ecosystem so in surface and air express we have blue blue dot gati tci express which will will be uh, driving through uh, during the course of this webinar we also have a couple of captive e-commerce place uh, like amazon has their own amazon transportation services and e-cart is owned by flipkart which also offers services to third party providers for 3pl third party logistics there is a uh, players called uh, tci then we have mahindra logistics future supply chain some of the prominent ones and uh, in terms of startups we have uh, delivery ecom express uh, express bees which are well funded by multi investors and there are also a couple of global majors like fedex and ups which are present in india we did interact with a lot of participants across the ecosystem in order to understand uh, how we can position as investors to benefit from this e-commerce boom so industry is now looked into with a new perspective and is an important part of overall strategic plan amplified primarily due to covid-19 because of covid-19 people are looking at logistics in a fresh manner earlier river, reverse logistics was very painful due to high returns as majority of the orders were cash on delivery some sellers that we spoke to also mentioned that customers used to order from multiple platforms and keep the order that is received first and cancel all the other orders now that the order is orders are prepaid this pain point is gone which is a big boon for the logistics industry technology also is extensively being used both at the warehouse level as well as the customer end amazon flipkart jio all are focusing on local shops which are known as kirana stores in india where their ability to provide hyper local deliveries or use these kirana shops as micro fulfillment centers are expected to be some of the key drivers for the strategy for players like jio or jio uh, platforms the warehouse market like nitin bhai mentioned is highly fragmented and still it's what we typically call is known as godowns you know providing a long runway for growth uh, especially for organized warehousing and currently when we spoke to a couple of uh, participants in the ecosystem the current demand for warehousing is driven by e-commerce players primarily and there is still a challenge to find quality warehouse quality warehouse as in the one which meets meets the criteria of location as well as the price and a lot of uh, industries or even the smes and msmes we spoke to they mentioned that they they save around 20 to 25% when they use third party logistic providers and the key thing that is happening right now is the big boy startups which uh, startups like delivery are disruptive are using disruptive pricing in order to gain revenue and they are wooing mostly e-commerce sellers uh, with lower prices than the traditional legacy players like blue dot or tci most of the e-com platforms have tie ups with sellers typically which they typically use for fulfillment the seller also has an option to uh, fulfill the order via their own sellers but it's not very preferred the legacy players in the system continue to be very asset heavy and expensive but 
they also have their own space in the market say for instance uh, blue dart is considered like a premium player and especially even though it's expensive it's always preferred when the slas for delivery like service level agreements for delivery are very tight the uh, during the peak of lo- lockdown a lot of demand and a lot of pressure was on these uh, logistic players primarily driven by uh, huge demand for grocery retail and what we have been hearing that usually when you are working with the e-commerce customer the slas are very tight service level agreements are very tight putting a lot of pressure on the team and these are low margin business especially with e-commerce players which is why the legacy players don't want to get into this this part of the game for jio uh, what a lot of uh, e-commerce sellers are expecting is that jio will have to have a couple of exclusive brand tie-ups which will lure customers to their platform and one thing which we have been getting from our interaction is that indian customer tends to be very value conscious they will only shop online if they are getting better deals most of them prefer uh, value over convenience so even if jio is coming up with a hyper local uh, offering unless it's cheap people are not going to go for that they will prefer to go and get their own groceries rather than order online and a uh, uh, lot of uh, all the big players are wooing the small moment shop moment pop shop called kiranas but they have their own set of challenges say for instance if we have to process reverse logistics returns having the right mindset it's not going to be very easy for these players to implement this across this set of the market next uh, so based on our interaction uh, we feel express logistics primarily service players uh, surface players would be one of the core investment teams that one can explore further as companies look at the logistic function in a new light because of covid-19 3 3p, pl players also have a massive tailwind behind them in terms of uh, the high competition among e-com players along with uh, some initiatives like gst which will now start yielding results warehousing is also expected to remain one of the interesting teams that can be considered over the next couple of years companies uh, as in the e-commerce platforms will have to compete on service and delivery where warehousing will play an important role if you don't have proper warehousing you will not be able to provide proper service to your customers or new customers and with indian warehousing being highly fragmented the runway for organized players is very very long we'll quickly go through some of the uh, company profiles so in terms of players in the surface place uh, we have blue dart which is predominantly high into documentation and remains a premium service provider Gatti is has a diverse set of uh, offering and has been recently taken over by All Cargo, uh, which is again a holistic logistics player. TCI Express is a dedicated express solutions provider that is focusing on B two B solutions as well as e commerce space. Other players in the private space are uh, Safe Express and DTTC, which offer similar services. So this these are just some operation matrix on uh, how these. Uh, companies are positioned so clearly butar has one of the largest fleet sizes uh in terms of uh, capital allocation butar and tca express both absolutely stand out uh when it comes to third party logistics there are not many players uh, many organized uh, large players so we have mindra logistics future supply chain uh, solutions and tvs uh, supply chain solutions mindra logistics is one of the largest ones uh, which has uh, presence in uh, warehousing has well 
and in terms of number of fleets also you can see it has the highest number of fleets plus it has a decent size warehousing area as well and the service quality of number of pin codes being served also is very high in terms of uh, capital allocation mahindra is a comfortable double digit compared to future solutions which still is under single digits uh, when we talk about capital allocation in terms of private players or the startup they are not really startup they are very large companies but typically delivery is backed by softbank uh, and it's been one of the only unicorns in the space uh, extremely aggressive pricing extremely aggressive uh, mode of revenue capture then we also have ecom ecom express backed by wowbook which is again a giant player catering to e-commerce segment and uh, we have express bees which is backed by alibaba and ptm so those three uh, are the players in the private space uh, so a couple of uh, operational parameters here so delivery clearly uh, does a lot of shipments has a 1 million shipments per day and is currently the leader in terms of operational volume in terms of operational reach delivery and e-commerce are neck to neck uh, ecom express has higher pin codes uh, and delivery has the highest shipments uh if we look at the captive place uh, we have amazon transportation services and ecart ecart is now not only for flipkart but it offers solutions for other uh, platform providers also and the uh, interesting part about ats amazon transport is the only one which is profitable and uh, profitable uh, the reason for having profitability is because of good uh, control over cost which amazon has been able to compared to other players now an interesting private company which we is which is still small but which we feel is uh, very important in this ecosystem is grab it's not the same grab which is present in the southeast asia but this is grab logistics and uh, just recently i think a year or so before 80% of grab was brought by ril that's reliance industries at a valuation of around 165 million and what we have been seeing a lot of orders for reliance jio and jumart are also being processed by grab so grab can actually evolve as a captive play for reliance jio but it's still at a very nascent stage um uh, there are a couple of uh, like uh, the global majors fedex and ups they have presence in india but they are mostly uh, used for outbound uh, and uh, out country documentation and logistics india post also is is an is an interesting player it's been used by both uh, amazon flipkart all the e-commerce majors also use uh, the india post uh, ecosystem but there is still a lot of technological uh, lag uh, for them and there is no way we can expect any privatization from india post now i'll hand over to nitin again to just run us through some accounting standards and their impacts on ratios yeah thanks rana bhai so uh, why accounting is important for this uh, logistics industry especially for the e-commerce logistics players because if you look at the new players compared to the legacy players the new players are having asset light model but when indian accounting center adopted the ifrs converse to ifrs so because of the indas 116 which is accounting for leases it has changed the entire dynamics for the balance sheet and the pnl of the companies so what it has done so there are a lot of liabilities regarding the leases which remains to be off balance sheet now because of this new accounting regulation now uh, these liabilities has to be covered in the books of account so when uh, 
as compared to the earlier or pre accounting norm when your balance sheet or your fixed asset schedule looks you know light with it now the companies have to recognize all these assets in the books of secondly uh, lease rental what they used to pay normally was part of your ebitda you know, so uh, but now what this accounting norm says that you have to divide the liabilities into two parts one is the depreciation of the assets what you are going to recognize and second is the interest payment on the liabilities what you are going to pay for next 5 to 10 years so it has done two things so it has actually impacted the ebitda in positive way so if i compare the ebitda margin for the companies pre this accounting norm and post this accounting norm my ebitda margin looks inflated or it looks healthy in that sense but on the other hand my pbd margin or profit before tax margin will look lower and because of this my debt equity ratio has adversely impacted for this company now there are two companies which we have seen which uh, from uh, from the among the listed companies so gati and forensic so gati is having a lot of issues when we look at the balance sheet of this company so i'll just summarize the issues into two three parts so we have seen lot of loans and advances has been given to the related parties and the subsidiaries and these loans and advances are not recoverable because of the deteriorating health of the proprietor owned companies and the subsidiaries despite that the company has not taken any impairment for these loans and advances as of now but if going forward if they are going to take the impairment hit it is going to wipe out at least one or two year profitability for this company second thing what we have seen is that there's high amount of contingent liability including some income tax liability regarding the mat which are around 40 or 45% of the total net worth of this company so if any unfavorable judgment comes against the company then it is going to affect the financials in a big way and now this another interesting thing in this company what we have seen is the from the analysis of financial it looks like that company was aggressively recognizing this year. or in term they were the revenue recognition policy is quite aggressive compared to the other place which makes the case little bit uncomfortable while making an investment decision to this company second thing as this company has said they are amongst the largest player when it comes to the e-com right so especially when a lot of people order from amazon or flipkart there's a lot of payment received uh, which is on the cash on delivery right? now cash on delivery is nothing but it's a liability or the cash collection on behalf of amazon or flipkart or some some other e-commerce this cash should not be recorded in the books of account as a normal cash in bank it is a restricted cash but interestingly this company has not disclosed any amount of cod collection or restricted in its books of account so if i look at the operating cash flow of this company and the cash balance of this company it looks overstated to me when compared to the other place now the second company which we uh, which we find out there's a lot of issues from the forensic analysis angle is a future supply chain now there are again the same story of uh, gati where a lot of related party transactions happen to this company so the six, related party transaction amounts to around 60% of the revenue which they derive from the promoter now the interesting observation in this company is that there's a certain relationship between the cash and debt for the so ideally cash and debt goes in inverse proportion but in this company cash is also going up and debt level is also going up 
So there's a question of the company why this company is not paying up cash. Why, why this company is not utilizing this cash to repay its debt and reduce the burden of the interest cost and the printer account. Second thing, we have found out that a lot of this cash is still lying in the current account, which is around 120 crore rupees or 1.2 billion INR. Now, as a prudent, as a, this company belongs to the future group, which is must be having a frenzy operation in the place. And if you are putting a lot of money or you are passing a lot of cash in the current account, which is not yielding you any return, which casts doubt on the entire treasury operation of the company and the internal control of the company. So why this cash has not been deployed and why this cash has not been utilized to pay off its debt obligations. If you look at another angle in this company, then uh, it's a fleet size. So if I say the 2019 fleet size, and from the fixed estate, I try to calculate what is the amount of the, of the gross block they have invested on per truck. It comes out 3.6 lakh rupees, which is quite low. Because if you go in market and go and buy a new truck, it is not going to cost you less than 8 lakh rupees or 10 lakh rupees. Despite that, this company has shown only 3.6 lakh rupees per truck in its books of account. So there's a highly doubt on the fleet size which completes disclose in its financial statement against what they are having in the books of that's it from the policy angle so we are clearly saying to if you want to play the logistics logistic sector then you should avoid these two pairs gati and future supply chain yeah Pranav. so yeah in terms of public plays which we prefer we do not wish to comment on the valuation because that's always a subjective argument but uh, tci express is very well positioned because of its uh, strong focus on msme that's medium scale uh, enterprises and small uh, scale enterprises uh, and that to entire to tier three cities so the focus tci is pre predominantly a b2b player and it's not only e-commerce but it is focusing on both e-commerce, pharmaceuticals, automotives, and also the focus is a little bit higher parcel size, that's 5 kg to 1 ton. So they seem to be well positioned, they have a good balance sheet, uh, and is, is, is likely to be one of the least disrupted players by uh, the big boy startups. Uh, second, the preferred play is Blue Dart. Uh, first of all, the e-commerce and retail segments have been growing at a pace of around 25-30% for Blue Dart. Around 75% of its revenue still comes from air and the rest comes from surface. And uh, it has 94% revenue coming from institutional clients. So there is a good revenue visibility uh, for Blue Dart. And Blue Dart had also uh, reported a one-off expense due to restructuring uh, and COVID in financial year 20 to the tune of 641 million and 542 million rupees. So the restructured balance sheet uh, would make the return ratio go attractive uh, going forward and our channel checks also have indicated a strong uh, brand mode for Budad when it comes to meeting in tight SLAs and uh, sending in documents. So Budad is well positioned to play this game and then uh, in terms of logistics, mineral logistics is the only one uh, that stands out. And there are twin engines for mineral logistics. One, it's it, it's high reliance on automotive sector. So uh, if we if we were to believe that the down cycle in auto is over and it should see an up cycle in the next couple of years, then mineral logistics will benefit both from uh, the auto recovery as well as the e-commerce recovery.
if if someone wants to write pure play uh, just geo and geo's investments then we feel that public market uh, companies will not be uh, too much of a, a play for just using the geo tailwind so for that uh, we think delivery is a preferred play i mean although they are burning cash they have good support from investors so delivery is a preferred play and also ecart uh, can go through the for this distance because uh, it is the only company to have significant cash positive uh, positive in recent uh, 2019 financial year so grab also is the one to watch out for but uh, there is no way we can invest in grab because 80% is held by uh, reliance uh, so these are the some of the private plays uh, which can benefit from the geo tailwind uh what can put our broader thesis at risk for this particular sector is of course if there's a sharp slowdown in uh, gdp or broader economy then you don't have any shoppers for this e-commerce boom so that's one of the larger risk for us uh then there is very high expectations for geo uh, and its retail ventures so over the couple of years if if the ventures don't play out and the logistic boom does not come in so that's one of the key risks for this thesis to be out and of course then we have uh, very own company specific uh, risk say for example delivery can challenge blue dart and other segments also mindra logistics having high auto dependency on automotive industry can keep the returns muted for a couple of uh, couple of years or couple of times and then tci will get impacted if there is high impact on msme or sme growth so these are the some risk which you should keep in mind more we have well in our insight but uh, that's it from us uh, back to you michael for your questions thank you very much gentlemen this has been very enlightening so i wanted to ask regarding the the dynamic between um the startup players and the more established larger players the startups uh, obviously uh, using their uh, venture capital funding and what have you they're able to offer more competitive pricing and they're able to capture a lot of market share very quickly but is there concern that they will they would burn this cash very quickly and that the you know the the tap would um, would be turned off eventually uh, leaving the larger players to to capitalize should i take this with me yeah so uh, see uh, both of them operate in a different uh, domain so the larger legacy players as we call it you know blue dot and everything they are not coming and fighting the e-commerce space so they have left the market open for well funded uh, startups and uh, looking at the minuscule market that e-com logistics is right now at least for the next couple of years there isn't going to be a situation where the funds start drying up so there will be a lot of interest there are already a lot of investors lined up so i don't see a situation where the startups will be uh, short on cash and the legacy ones have already given up they don't want to fight a low margin low volume space thank you for that pranav so a question from the audience um, are the logistics arms of uh, amazon and flipkart able to deliver in tier b c and d cities and uh, and towns yeah i think nitin just answered on the chat yes i mean in terms of uh, uh, reachability there is no problem at all all the players are almost uniform 
and a lot of them use each other also so amazon does delivery be using express bees or amazon transportation services or grab all of them have a shared some kind of shared ecosystem another question from the audience is does it seem at this time that it's better to be asset heavy or asset light for for these companies and perhaps especially for the third party logistics oh of what our interaction with a lot of supply chain professionals is hinting that you know even in logistics uh, including warehousing and things like that there is a lot of technology that is coming to play so they have shared infrastructure they have cloud warehouses and things like that so it definitely makes sense to be uh, asset light uh, there 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 has been some uh, models where in say for instance amazon wants does not want to own the warehouse it will just take the entire warehouse on uh, on operational basis and it will just manage the warehouse you know so mm -hmm. the the uh, the ecom player will remain asset light and uh, the landlord or what we call the logistic owner would remain asset heavy so there seems to be a clear case where people are going for asset light model predominantly driven by the need of this technological inter, inter integration interconnection ability to speak with multiple partners and things like that so asset light would be the gate forward as it uh, as it seems to be in these times So there, there is a question about comparing uh, TCI and Mahindra Logistics and their businesses. I guess Pranav, you've you've already gone into that a little bit. I'm not sure if if there's anything you'd like to elaborate on there. So they're completely different places. You can't compare them. Uh, Mahindra is into logistics and into transportation. TCI is more focused on tier two SME, MSME type of customers. Nitin, you mentioned uh, some of the some of the regulations that uh, ha have appeared uh, recently, and I wonder. would they affect the startup players disproportionately in terms of in terms of the disclosure that they they require yeah so definitely so if the company is having a asset light model so a lot of their houses or the vehicles what they take on lease now they have to show it as a asset in their books of so in a way you know uh, it looks like that they are asset light model but balance sheet will have all the assets it is going to change the dynamics of the Analysis to how they report it, but I guess in the private, in the startups, in the other impact of this particular accounting regulation is not going to be immense because these players doesn't have a lot of debt in their books of account, so their debt equity ratio will not be impacted or severely impacted compared to the listed players or the medicine. Well, this is uh, just about all the time we have today, so I would like to thank you very much, both uh, gentlemen. and thank you everyone for being with us today if you have any other questions for nitin or pranav please email us at research@smartkarma.com and also you can reach out to your smart karma account manager nitin pranav thank you gentlemen very much once again thank you michael it was a pleasure that's it for this week if you enjoyed this episode please share it with your networks and follow smart karma on your social media and of course Don't forget to visit smartkarma.com for truly independent, differentiated investment research. Thanks so much for listening and see you at the next one.